Last week, uh, we saw how Jesus says that his kingdom is something new and different uh, to what has gone before. Uh, He used those uh, two pictures of how a new patch of cloth uh, will pull away from the old garment, making the tear worse, and how new wine poured into old wineskins would burst them. New cloth is for new clothes, and new wine is for new wineskins. And over the past few weeks, we've seen how Jesus is doing a new thing in these opening chapters of Mark's Gospel. He claims to have the power to forgive sins and to heal. He calls tax collectors and sinners to follow him and he eats with them, showing that they are his friends. His disciples don't bother fasting in anticipation of Messiah's arrival because Jesus says he is the Messiah and he is already here. But perhaps the biggest battle in these early chapters of Mark's gospel is about the nature of of the Sabbath. Now, just in case you're not familiar with that word, Sabbath means seven or seventh at the seventh day of the week, which for the Jews was at Saturday. And in the Ten Commandments, we read these words from Exodus chapter 20. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. So the pattern of creation, which we looked at in the Bible study the other week, and then the pattern of the law as well is to work six days and rest one day. And our passage this morning, it would be good to have it open in front of you. Page 1004 in the Pew Bibles. Our passage this morning focuses on the events of two separate Sabbath days. In both of which, Jesus runs up against the expectations of the religious people. And as we look at the passage, remember that chapter divisions are a more recent development. Mark has grouped these two stories together for a purpose. And we'll see what that is as we work through our passage this morning. You might remember that all the way through at Mark chapter 2, each of the episodes has contained a question asked by someone. And in these two episodes that we're looking at today, there is a question in each of them. One is asked by the Pharisees, and the second is asked by Jesus. So let's dive in to see what happened on that first Sabbath day. Verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisees said to him, look, Why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? I don't know about you, but whenever I'm on a walk, I always keep my eyes out for things to to look at and things to pick up. So uh, on the beach, 
uh, and maybe be looking for a nice shell or a nice smooth pebble or something to, uh, to pick up and maybe hold and maybe bring home. Um, or in the forest, you know, it might be a nice leaf or something, or uh, just in a park, it might be some daisies or something like that. Um, always looking out uh, to pick up something. And as the disciples are walking through the cornfield that day, they pluck some ears of corn. But the Pharisees, whenever they see this happening, they aren't happy about it. The Pharisees, they're the religious people. They take the Bible very seriously and they work very hard to obey it. And so they ask that question, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Now we've heard what the law says. It says, keep the Sabbath day holy and don't work on the Sabbath. So what's the problem? Well, the Pharisees, they wanted to make absolutely sure what the law meant and what it would look like to obey the law. And so they had rules about the rules. There were, according to the Pharisees, 39 types of work that were banned on the Sabbath. And among them, on that list, was sowing, ploughing, reaping, threshing, and winnowing. So to them, the disciples, as they were you know, casually walking along, plucking uh, a little bit of corn, they were reaping. They were picking ears of corn. And they were probably threshing to separate the grain from the husk to be able to eat it. And so for the Pharisees, the disciples were doing what was unlawful. So how will Jesus respond? Well, maybe not in the way you might have thought. He doesn't directly answer the question, but instead reminds them of a story from the Old Testament, the the one that we heard earlier from our Old Testament reading. But do you see how he starts his answer there in verse 25? He says, have you never read? Remember, these are the serious scripture scholars of the day. They knew whole chunks of the Old Testament if they didn't know the whole of the Old Testament off by heart. And yet Jesus, perhaps slightly cheekily, asked them, have you not read this bit? Do you not know this bit about David? So what's the story? David and his men ate the consecrated bread from the house of God, a bread that was only lawful for priests to eat. So the law said that only priests could eat this consecrated bread, but David and his men ate it. Now why did it happen? Why was it okay Well, look at verse 25 again. Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? The law was important, but feeding the anointed king and his men when they were hungry was even more important. Ensuring their survival was more important than keeping the law. So the reason the disciples were doing it was because they were hungry. But you see what Jesus says in verse 27. 
He says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So what's Jesus saying there? He's dealing with purpose. Which was made for which? Which is to help and serve at the other? The Pharisees, they seem to be elevating the Sabbath so that the keeping of it was more important than anything else. So even if you're hungry, tough. You can't break the Sabbath law. You'll be able to eat tomorrow. That would mean that man was made for the Sabbath. Man was created in order to obey this rule. But Jesus says, no, that's not right. He turns it on its head. He says the Sabbath was made for man. Sabbath isn't meant to be a duty or a drudgery. It's meant to be a delight. Sabbath, a whole day of no working, of rest from labours, is a gift to God's people and to everyone. Because we still have that pattern of seven days in a week and one day for rest. And so that we get it absolutely right, Jesus reminds us that he is Lord even of the Sabbath. He has given it as a blessing, not as a burden. Now, as you might imagine, that didn't really go down very well with the Pharisees. Jesus didn't seem to value what they valued and didn't seem to do what they wanted him to do. And so they're watching carefully to gain a bit more ammunition for their opposition to him. So as chapter 3 begins... It's a different Sabbath day, but the same battle is raging. Jesus is in the synagogue at the Jewish meeting house where they came together for teaching and prayer and worship. And we're told, who else is there in verse 1? There's a man with a shriveled hand or a withered hand in in some versions. But verse 2, there's also this group of people who are watching very carefully. So look at verse 2. And there might be lots of reasons why you have come today to worship, but I hope that verse 2 isn't the reason why you're here. It says, Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. They were trying to gather evidence. They were wanting to accuse Jesus. And so they watch him closely in case he does something unlawful. In case he makes someone better on the Sabbath. Because again, that would be classed as work. But notice that Jesus doesn't hide away in a corner. And they don't have to watch very closely to see what's about to happen. Jesus gets the man to stand up in front of everyone. He's making sure that no one will miss what he's about to do. 
But first, Jesus asks a question. Up to now, it's been others asking questions about Jesus. But now Jesus has one of his own. And we see it there in verse 4. Look at it with me. He says, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? So what do you think? It's a multiple choice question, isn't it? Uh, of the four answers, it's, it's really just two answers. So it's like, uh, it's like uh, who wants to be a millionaire? You know whenever they go for the 50-50. Uh, and there's one right answer on the board and there's one wrong answer on the board. So answer A, which is lawful? Answer A, to do good and to save life. Or answer B, to do evil and to kill. Who thinks A? Hands up. Who thinks B? Who would want another lifeline? Well, you've done a better job of answering than the people who were in the synagogue that day. You got the right answer, by the way. But you've done a better job of answering. Because the answer is obviously A. It's lawful and right and good and proper to do good and to save life even on the Sabbath day. Maybe especially on the Sabbath day. That's what Jesus wanted to hear. And it's what Jesus will go on to do as he restores the man's hand. But do you see how verse 4 ends? Jesus has asked the question, but they remained silent. They refused to answer. They didn't want to acknowledge that Jesus was right. Do you see how Jesus responds then to their silence? And as we look at verse 5, you might be shocked. You might need to look at verse 5 a couple of times just to make sure it says what you think it actually says there. He looked round at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts said to the man, stretch out your hand. I wonder if you've ever seen the... um, You know the WWJD bracelets that um, they were around when I was a teenager and that's quite a long time ago now so you may have seen them Uh, and um, you know at Summer Madness and things like that you know everyone would buy them and everyone would wear them at WWJD. Now seemingly it doesn't stand for who wants jam donuts which I would be asking. Um, It stands for who, sorry, what would Jesus do? And so teenagers have them and, and, you know, whenever they've got a a difficult, you know, decision to make, they they look at the rest and they say, what would Jesus do? Well, what would Jesus do here? What does Jesus do here? He gets angry. He looks at them in anger. We're not really used to thinking of 
Jesus as being angry, are we? Because as we, as we normally think, you know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Jesus who is so full of love. But Jesus is angry here. What made him angry? What made him so deeply distressed? It was the stubborn hearts of the Pharisees. Their principle was more important to them than helping someone in need. Their rules were more important than their compassion. And it made Jesus angry. I wonder, could there be times when we make Jesus angry in this way? We have a rule or a principle and we stick to it no matter what. And we'll watch carefully to criticise others who don't do the things the way that we do them. And we'll use it as an excuse to not help people who need our help. Jesus shows us that the Sabbath isn't about rules. It's about relationship, about taking time out with God and his people on a day of rest and refreshment and worship. But the Pharisees didn't like what Jesus was doing. To quote an old song, there may be trouble ahead. Do you see what verse 6 tells us? Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Do you see the irony here? They've been so concerned about keeping the law, about observing the fourth of the Ten Commandments, or at least their interpretation of it, to keep the Sabbath, that now they're plotting to break the sixth commandment. You shall not murder. One rule is so important that they're quite happy to start to break another. This morning, we remember and celebrate the death of the Lord Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus perfectly observed and obeyed the law so that he credits our account with his perfect righteousness as he pays our debt for the sins that we have committed, paying the debt that we could not pay. And on the first day of the week, today, Sunday, the Lord's Day, Jesus rose from the grave to bring about the eternal Sabbath rest. It's why... 
in the traditional uh, communion service, we had the comfortable words, words of comfort uh, to those who are trusting in Christ. One of which is this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So lay down your burden. Give up your attempts to work and to earn your way and receive the rest that Jesus gives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus is Lord and Lord even of the Sabbath. We pray, Father, that we would know the joy of your rest. We pray that you would indeed bless us richly as we trust in Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.